Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We've lost 5,000 people in the state of Michigan. It's been devastating. Then this flood hits and we've got to evacuate tens of thousands of people. And to have this kind of distraction is... Just ridiculous, to be honest. Threatening to take money away from a state that is hurting as bad as we are right now is just uh, scary, and I think something that is unacceptable. That's Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer in an interview with CBS News discussing the president's threat to pull funding after her state sent mail-in ballot applications to its citizens. I'm CNN Washington correspondent Ryan Nobles in for David Chalian, and this is The Daily DC. The president traveling today, visiting that key swing state of Michigan after sending out a barrage of tweets falsely claiming states were issuing mail-in ballots and that mail-in voting leads to higher incidents of fraud. But upping the ante in his crusade against mail-in voting, the president also threatened to pull funding from states who expand vote-by-mail, even as places like Michigan are ravaged by coronavirus and natural disasters. So here to talk about this more is political correspondent Abby Phillip, who has been covering this story for us from top to bottom. Abby, thanks so much for being here. We appreciate it. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for having me. So, Abby, this is something you and I have talked a lot about, this vote-by-mail fight between Republicans and Democrats across the country, uh, something we've both been reporting on. You've been knee-deep in it and did some excellent reporting on it. And it just so happens that your reporting coincided with the president's obsession with it, his public obsession with it, and all the tweets that came out in just a matter of hours yesterday morning. Just walk our listeners through what happened and exactly what the president is claiming. Well, everyone, I think, woke up on Wednesday morning to see the president tweeting. And a lot of people were frankly confused. He was tweeting first about Michigan, and he said, Michigan sends absentee ballots to 7.7 million people ahead of the primaries and the general election. This was done illegally and without authorization by a rogue secretary of state. I will ask to hold up funding to Michigan if they want to go down this voter fraud path. So this is not entirely new for the president in the sense that he has consistently described mail-in voting as being something that leads to voter fraud. But there were a couple of elements of this that were new. One, he claimed that it was done illegally. Secondly, he claimed absentee ballots were being sent. And then he also claimed that he'd be holding up funding. He also tweeted a similar message about Nevada, and he tagged members of his administration, the Office of Management and Budget, the Chief of Staff, and the Treasury Department. And as a former White House reporter, I can tell you that this is often the way that the president communicates in public to people he can talk to in private about things that he apparently hasn't talked to them about in the past. And in this case, he seemed to be asking his staff members to look into this possibility of withholding funds. So, you know, 
The president is once again tweeting about these two states. And I think what makes Michigan and Nevada interesting is that he's been constantly at war with Michigan, Michigan's Democratic governor, Gretchen Whitmer. And then in Nevada, that's a state that, you know, Democrats think is a pretty blue state, but the president wants to win that state. It's also a place where the Republican National Committee has been deeply involved in fighting some of these battles against expanding mail-in voting and expanding access to certain types of voting that Democrats are pushing. And so the fact that he zeroed in on those two states was pretty brazenly political. What makes this move also pretty interesting is that Trump is in Michigan today. And, you know, we played that sound from the governor at the top of this podcast. But, you know, she's really asking the president to cut the politics out, which is frankly a message she's been trying to send to him since the beginning of this pandemic. But take a listen to what she had to say about his tweets on vote by mail. My hope is that today he will be in Michigan. He will see we are hardworking, good Americans. We need the support of our federal government as much as anybody else. No petty political stuff that he had going with the Secretary of State yesterday. We've got to be focused on doing the right thing right now on behalf of the people. So that seems like a warning shot to the president to cut the politics out. But it also, I thought it was notable that she didn't, necessarily escalate this war with the president. And on Wednesday, when he was in the cabinet room with reporters, he said he had talked to Gretchen Whitmer. He said maybe it actually wouldn't be necessary to withhold funds from Michigan. So the president also seeming to want to de-escalate things as well in this pretty critical swing state. You know, the Whitmer dynamic to all of this is so interesting. Obviously, you have Michigan as one of, if not the most important state as part of the plan for the Republicans winning the White House a second time around. But you also have the dynamic of Whitmer, not only as a political figure, but as a governing figure. So many different elements at play here as the president goes to Michigan today. But Abby, let's backtrack a little bit and talk about the actual claims the president is making here, because basically none of what he's saying is correct. So start with the changes. What what does the president claim these states are making? You know, Ryan, as someone who's been covering this pretty closely, it has been astounding to me how the president does not seem to have a grasp of this issue that he is so very worked up about both publicly and privately. So starting with the Michigan tweet, he accused Michigan of sending absentee ballots to all of their registered voters. That's not true. They sent absentee ballot applications to all of their registered voters. Now, he subsequently corrected his tweet to change it from ballots to applications. But the key thing that I think the president is missing here is that Michigan has always been a state since 2018 where for any reason you could cast an absentee ballot. So, you know, there has always been a pretty high utilization of absentee ballots in that state since it became their law back in 2018. And the ballot application is available online. I can go online right now and download it. And if I lived in Michigan, fill it out. So it's not um, something that is particularly scandalous. He also claimed that it was being done illegally without authorization by a rogue Secretary of State. The Secretary of State is in charge of overseeing the administration of elections in states all across the country. There's nothing illegal about what that Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson did. And in fact, Benson noted that there were municipal elections held in Michigan on May 5th. And ahead of those elections, she did exactly the same thing, sent out absentee ballot applications 
elections to all of the state's registered voters, and we didn't hear a peep from President Trump about that. The similar case is happening in Nevada. Nevada is moving to an all-mail-in presidential primary. Nevada is a state where there is no excuse, absentee voting, just like Michigan. It is also a state where there typically a large number of their voters utilize absentee voting. So it's not exactly something new for them, but that state went forward with that. And what's notable about Nevada is that they have Republican Secretary of State who actually moved forward with this because of the coronavirus worrying about holding this in-person primary. And it was done in consultation with their county clerks and with the governor. And on top of that, there are some legal questions about can the president withhold money from these states for this reason? And I spoke to an expert who told me it's pretty clear that he can't. He can't withhold money after the fact, after it's already been sent out, and then later put on conditions on that money. If there are going to be conditions on that money, those conditions need to come from Congress, and it needs to be done before the money is sent out. And, you know, it's interesting, this uh, Secretary of State, uh, Secretary of State Benson, has not been a wilting flower by any stretch of the imagination. She has been forceful in her rebutting of the president's claims. She uh, did so on Twitter. She was also on CNN last night and talked about it as well. Take a listen to that. It's very clear, especially with the constitutional right uh, that voters gave themselves in Michigan to vote by mail, that it's our responsibility, my responsibility to help them exercise that right. That's really all we're doing Mm -hmm. here, as you mentioned, just like our Republican colleagues in other states. It's not a partisan issue. It's a democracy issue. What's interesting about this, Abby, is you and I both talked to Republican leaders about this, uh, both inside and outside the Trump campaign. They actually don't have a problem with absentee voting. Republicans, for the most part, up until the president started tweeting about, were not necessarily fighting against. No, not at all. And when you talk to experts about this, they'll tell you that the divide with absentee voting is actually not a political divide. It hasn't been. It's actually been more of a geographic divide, where Western states tend to want to utilize absentee voting for a lot of different reasons, and Eastern most states tend to not. So you have that divide. So you have places like Washington State and Colorado who have pretty robust absentee voting. I mentioned Nevada, but also states like Arizona, where some 80% of registered voters utilize absentee voting in some form. And then you have states like Ohio, run by a Republican governor, a Republican secretary of state. They've had absentee voting, no excuse absentee voting, long periods of early voting for a long time. In fact, One of my sources in Ohio texted me yesterday in the midst of all of this and said, it's crazy that President Trump is railing against this. In Ohio, Republican secretaries of states have been sending out absentee ballot applications to all registered voters for over a decade now. So this is something that is not at all new to Republicans. And it's typically not something, frankly, that many Republicans have a problem with. I mean, absentee ballot applications, Abby, you and I both know this, sending absentee ballot applications is something that both parties have participated in. The idea of getting absentee ballot applications in people's hands is a long time tradition within the context of American voting. So the idea that somehow this is scandalous is a bit of a surprise. And let's take it a step further because the president is suggesting that voting by mail opens up the opportunity for more instances of fraud. Break that down for our listeners. Is there really any evidence that there is more fraud that occurs when people vote by mail? There is not, really. I mean, there's not 
much evidence that there is widespread fraud in voting in the United States in general. I think that when these studies come out, and there have been several over the years that actually look at the numbers, look at the incidences of voter fraud uh, that have either been prosecuted or found to have existed, and they're minuscule numbers. For example, after the 2018 midterm elections, Washington state, which is an all vote by mail state, did a survey of their vote by mail. And that survey found that out of 3.1 million ballots cast, only about 140 cases of people voting improperly occurred in that state. That is a minuscule percentage. And I think that that is generally what we've seen uh, all over the country. There is uh, a Republican-leaning organization that actually puts all All of the known cases on their website, there have been analyses of those cases. And we're talking a couple of hundred cases over a period of more than a decade. Yeah, it's interesting, too. I spoke to a state representative in Pennsylvania, a Republican. Garth Everett is his name. He's in the head of the committee there that was responsible for changing Pennsylvania's laws at the beginning of this year to allow for no excuse absentee balloting. He's a Republican. His argument to me was that he actually believes that the mail-in process offers more security protections. It requires all these steps in order to file the ballot that isn't even necessary when you go and vote in person, at least in Pennsylvania. So that, you know, pokes holes in that argument to begin with. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back more on the fight over vote-by-mail with Abby Phillip, you're listening to The Daily D.C. And we're back now with CNN's Abby Phillip. Abby, let's also move to another crucial swing state, and that's Wisconsin. A lawsuit there trying to give everyone the option for mail-in ballots. The state held a widely criticized primary election during the pandemic. What's actually happening in Wisconsin right now? Well, in Wisconsin, I think you're seeing what actually is unfolding all over the country, which is that you have Democratic-backed groups and voters taking lawsuits to the courts in the state and then further up from there to basically say that there need to be more protections for voters who are voting in person, but also more access to vote by mail for people who are not going to the ballots. There are issues like prepaid postage on ballots, issues like how these polling places are set up, where they are located, how many of them exist. Wisconsin has become this sort of um, testing ground for how bad this can be based on how they conducted their in-person election and these lines that we saw in Milwaukee in particular because they couldn't find enough people to man polling locations and they had to consolidate polling locations, which produced massive lines. And then on top of that, there were delays in people receiving their ballots that they requested, delays in those ballots being delivered. So it's become a place where there's a lot of litigation happening to really iron out those kinks. And it is a model for what we are seeing all across the country. In more than a dozen states across the country, we are seeing litigation on all of these same issues. What does in-person voting look like? What does mail-in voting look like? And are there problems in the system that make it harder for people to cast ballots safely? Yeah. Okay. So, and then the last point we're going to make is that, of course, among the Americans that has cast a ballot by mail, 
is the president himself who has done that on a couple of occasions. Our Caitlin Collins pressed White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany on that yesterday. Listen to this. What is it that he thinks is illegal that's happening in Michigan? He doesn't really specify. The president is, after all, the president, which means he's here in Washington. He's unable to cast his vote down in Florida, his his state of residence. He supports mail-in voting for a reason. When you have a reason that you are unable to be present, we're very far from November 3rd. Caitlin pressing Kaylee McEnany to say, doesn't a pandemic count as a reason that you might not be able to be present? Obviously, the situation on November 3rd could be a lot different, Abby, but... Isn't this exactly what we're talking about? Making sure that under any circumstance, an American has the right to cast their ballot in a safe and responsible way? This is exactly what we're talking about. It does seem, you know, based on a lot of the conversations that I've had, to be wishful thinking on the part of the press secretary and certain other individuals that by November, everything will be totally back to normal, that people will be going about their lives as if nothing ever happened. Well, we're not going to have a vaccine by November. That much is true. And so there will need to be changes in how we behave. And I think voting is absolutely going to be affected by that in some ways. So this idea that by November, things are going to be so different, you're not going to need to take precautions. I think most people who are administering elections right now do not believe that is going to be the case. And the question of do you need an excuse and what is an excuse, right? So in a lot of states, you don't need an excuse to vote by absentee ballot. Many states, Republican and Democratic, have removed that requirement. There are still many states that do require an excuse, but they are the minority. In many of those states, they are changing to eliminate that excuse. To give you one quick example, Texas is a place where there is a lot of litigation right now over that very issue. Democrats in Texas want voters to be able to say, the pandemic is my excuse. I'm afraid of catching the coronavirus. I want to vote by mail. Just this week, a court ruled in their favor saying they can use that excuse. And then a second court, a federal court, stayed that ruling pending an appeal by the state of Texas. So that court case is going to really play out and it is over this very issue. But one last point, yesterday, Wednesday, at the White House, the president was hosting a couple of governors. One of them was Asa Hutchinson, a Republican governor, who basically talked about what his state was doing to deal with the coronavirus. And the president was railing against mail-in voting. And then Asa Hutchinson said, we'd like to move to no excuse absentee voting as one of the ways that we deal with this. And I think that that is a really clear indication of how in a lot of places in this country, no excuse absentee voting is sort of like a minimal uh, adjustment that even Republicans are willing to make to accommodate more people voting in different ways. So at least, at the very least, they can minimize the number of people who are physically leaving their homes in order to cast a ballot. Such a great point, Abby. And I do think when we talk about voting and the fundamental right to vote, perhaps one of the most important rights that we have as Americans, it really should be up to the voter to decide how they feel comfortable to cast that ballot and do it in a safe and responsible way. And right now, an argument to be made that the president is not necessarily contributing to that conversation in a productive way. Abby Phillip, thank you so much. Uh, terrific reporting on this, uh, you know, hashing out all the complicated issues related to voting across the country and vote by mail. We appreciate you being here. And a special thanks to our listeners as well. Remember, we publish a new episode every weeknight, so please subscribe on your favorite podcast app. 
While you're there, please consider leaving a rating or a comment. It helps people find the show. And if you want to tweet about this podcast, please do so using the hashtag TheDailyDC. Also tag Abby in it. She responds to every single person uh, who sends her a message on Twitter. Right, Abby? Is that Absolutely. how it works? Absolutely. Absolutely. I live <laughs> right. to serve. <laughs> stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk to you tomorrow. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.